Episode number 20. When someone attempts to steal your car at gunpoint, it's called carjacking robbery. We're going to talk about that most dangerous point of contact. This is the Crime School Radio Show. Where industry experts discuss the business of fighting crime and prevention strategies for making places safe. Leading today's discussion is security expert, Chris McGoey. Welcome to Crime School. Imagine this scenario. You just finished shopping in your local store and you're heading out to your car. You open the door, you just got seated inside. As you try to close the door, a man appears grabbing it and shoves a gun in your face and says, Give me your keys and get out of the car, or I'm going to hurt you. What do you do? What can you do? Well, these are seemingly impossible questions. And I'm going to dodge today and come back on a future episode when I can give them the attention that they need. What I want to do is rewind this scenario and go back to the beginning and see what it is we could have done to avoid this impossible situation. The scenario that I described is called carjacking. It's really a robbery of a motor vehicle and robbery of a person. The term carjacking was sort of coined back in the early 1990s by a reporter who, while investigating a series of carjackings, put together the words car and hijacking to form the phrase carjacking. Now, it's not really an official crime that's on the books, but it seems to describe very well this type of robbery. It's a crime against a person by means of force, violence, or intimidation to get you to give up your car. I got to tell you, it's one of the most frightening and potentially dangerous crimes that could occur to you, your family, or a business traveler. So what can you do? How could you prevent a scenario like this? Well, the answer is largely one of awareness. I've read many reports of carjacking incidents. I've either read or listened to or conducted interviews myself of carjackers to try to get in their head and try to understand why they commit the crime of carjacking. Now, carjacking could occur many places, on the street, on the highway, in your own driveway. But the kind of carjacking I'm talking about occurs in a parking lot, usually on a commercial property. The pattern that I noticed develop over the years is that carjackers seem to have a preference. And they have a selection process. The two biggest categories that I noticed, they either want your car because of Maybe the type of wheels on the car, the make, the model, the color of the car. That might be enough, and they're going to overcome any resistance they need to get that car. Now, rather than break into it, smash windows, and have to hotwire it, they could simply confront you and take the keys from you without causing any damage to the vehicle. The other scenario is that the carjackers are not that interested in the type of car. They just want transportation. Or they need a, a ride to commit another crime, maybe a, a robbery someplace else, or a drive-by shooting. And they don't want a car that gets 
tied back to them later. So in that scenario, they're shopping for a victim. They want the easiest victim possible, someone they feel won't fight back, won't resist. The carjackers seem to want to wait until the driver of the vehicle has finished shopping and is coming back to the car. In this way, I'm being told that they've already had a chance to size you up and make the determination that you're going to be a good person to carjack. Now, they don't want to struggle. They don't want to have to try to get the keys away from you. So they want you to open the door, have your keys out in your hand, and maybe even in the ignition when they approach. They also tell me that they want to catch you before you close the door so you can't lock it. So that explains the timing. So to pull all this off, carjackers tell us that they have to be nearby. They're typically going to be within 75 feet. They've already seen you enter the store, so they know what you look like. So they're going to watch you as you come out. And as long as you don't see them, they're able to creep a little closer. And as you get into your car, they're going to come up swiftly. Now, they prefer if you're not paying attention. If you're on your cell phone or just oblivious to your surroundings, they can approach very quickly and grab you right at the exact moment as you're getting into the car and you have your keys out. Now, the standard carjacking, they're going to get your keys and you out. They're going to get in your car and they're gone. The complicated carjackings are the ones that are where they want you to go along for the ride. And we'll talk about that at another episode. So how could all this be avoided? Well, you just reverse engineer it, don't you? It's kind of obvious. Paying attention is the solution to prevent yourself from becoming a victim of a carjacker. In any of these scenarios that I described, and from any of the victim carjacking reports that I've read over the years, it seems to me that if the victim would have seen the carjacker in advance, they had an opportunity to change direction to change their behavior, to pay full attention, and avoid the confrontation. Here's a scenario that I recommend to all of my clients, all of my friends, and my family. When you're going out to go shopping and you drive into a parking lot, pay attention. I want you 100% on full alert. I want you to drive around the aisle, making sure that there's nobody loitering or seemingly lying in wait, especially one or more males and young males. Find a parking place that's not obstructed. It doesn't always have to be the closest one to the store. It might be the one on the end of an aisle, a couple of aisles away, but you could see it very clearly and all around it. When you return from shopping, I want you to walk back towards your car with a very intentional attitude. I want you again looking around in all directions, particularly scanning the parking lot for any young males nearby. As you approach your, your car, you kind of take a wide sweep, allowing you to look around at maybe all four sides of the car to make sure no one's hiding anywhere around it. You have your keys in your hand. You open the door, you get in, you lock the doors immediately. You start the car and you drive off. If you follow that scenario, the odds of being a carjacking victim are drastically reduced. So put that into practice today. Have a family need. If you travel as a family, instruct all your children how we're going to act when we get in the parking lot. 
All the noise stops. All the phones get put away. Everybody's paying attention. We get out of the car quickly. We lock it. We go to our destination. Upon return, we're focused. We're all watching. We're all looking. We walk quickly with intention to our vehicle. We scan the area. We unlock the car. We all enter quickly. We lock the door. We start the car. We drive away. If you follow this family plan, your chances and odds of being a victim are greatly reduced. Now, I realize that this episode seems a little oversimplistic, addressing a very straightforward scenario. I get that. There are many variables at the beginning with levels of violence and responses. I do want to address those, but in future episodes where I could focus only on those scenarios. I also understand that there is a whole variety of individuals from elderly people who might have mobility problems, uh, families with small children that have to be mounted and, and unmounted from car seats and cars. There are lots of situations that come up. Trust me, I get those questions where people are saying, but Chris, what about this? Well, well how do I deal with this? Or what about this scenario? It's complicated. But there are ways of working through every situation. So I hope to have other guests on in the future that could address the specific issues of dealing with elderly people, for example, or with children. I also get the question about, well, Chris, if we train our children in the manner that you suggest, we're going to make these kids paranoid and scared to even go out. And I get that too. When you speak to your children, it certainly needs to be age-appropriate. And I don't intend that people be scared, frightened, or paranoid. But there is definitely a time and place where attention needs to be paid. Oftentimes, it's just a matter of a short few minutes where you have to be on high alert. Once you're inside that locked car and you're moving, you can relax. When you get home, you can relax. But the message is that anytime you're out in public, at critical points, it's important that people be alert for the time necessary to safely transition between one safe point and another safe point. So please check back again at crimeschool.com. The show notes for this episode are crimeschool.com slash 20. And look forward to those future episodes where we get much deeper into this complex scenario. This is the Crime School Radio Show with your host, Chris McGoey. We invite you to comment on today's topic and join the Crime School community. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit crimeschool.com.